Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks podcast, where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports. I am Jason Talbot on this fine Friday with none other than Marcus Chinqui. Gotta ask you, episode 37, still in quarantine, back in Brooklyn, Marcus, how the hell are you? Uh, I gotta say, this week has been <laughs> pretty good, you know? I, and I think it all stems from, I cut my own hair. So, <laughs> I, and I gotta say, I got I got the first view, I didn't even notice. Like, it was just, oh, Marcus with a fresh cut, I didn't say a word, and uh, you did. I'm gonna give you an A+. I mean, <laughs> as high a grade as I can I get. was impressed with myself. I did it last Saturday. I went to Rite Aid, bought some clippers. I said, you know what? My hair was out of control. The beard was out of control. I was like, I was itchy and stuff. So let me just give it a shot. <laughs> so I figured, I've seen enough, I've gotten enough haircuts in my life that I always thought I knew how to cut hair. And I was like, I can, I can yep. do that. And I did. It took like an hour. I can do this. But yeah, it, you know, clean lines, a little fade on the subtle tapers on the side. The back was uh, a little bit of a mess. I, but... <laughs> And I saw the back. I mean, maybe it grew in a little bit, so it's kind of yeah, even. It, it grew out, in but... some. The begin, like when I first okay. did it, I was like, "Well, no one's standing behind me, so no one's gonna see." So I was like, "Whatever," sure, but sure. clean. You know, I was pretty, uh, pretty impressed. So that got me in a better mood. It took me through the week that I was feeling good. A little haircut does uh, does good for you. So. Yeah, I I had a little haircut myself. Uh, my wife cut my hair and. Well, for anyone that saw it <laughs> on social media, it's growing back in. It's getting there. We kind of, we decided let's just leave it alone. Uh, I actually am friends with uh, the person that cuts my hair, sent a little text, asked some advice, and they said, just give it a little let time, it <laughs> let, it grow, let it grow back a little, and then we'll, we'll take another shot. That's but, the good thing with hair. Yeah. The, it grows back. So. <laughs> it always grows back. Yeah, I, I couldn't deal with the long hair. You just you just don't feel right after a while. Yes, I, I just so, getting the waves are back. I saw like I took a peek, saw you without the hat on. It looks it looks normal now, and I was like, okay, yeah, classic change through through video <laughs> chat. It's it's really looking looking good. Um, if you if you get up close, <laughs> you know it's it can get a little scary, but I mean we're we're doing it, man. We're we're not letting quarantine stop us. We're we're getting haircuts. We're we're keeping up to date with Nick's news. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Lots to talk about. Uh, at first, I was kind of worried. Uh, what you know? Again, there's no sports going on. What can we discuss? But I I got a As whole you list. Know, the Knicks I, are. I, I had to get a word doc. Never out. short of headlines. So. Uh, so, why don't we start with the Last Dance? documentary we're six episodes in i feel like every every sunday everyone's watching it i had to wait a couple days and it was hard just my social media feed people hitting me up i i almost felt like i watched it um but it was it was the big nicks episode um which i thought there would be a little bit more nicks i mean yeah it wasn't as much as i thought like 10 minutes maybe yeah seven. in fairness it is about the bulls it's not about the knicks but I'm curious about your impressions. What what did what emotions were stirring? What what was going on in the mind? A new haircut of Marcus Chinquiwawa. I mean, when the episode started, I think we knew that episode six was going to be the one that touched on the next. So even for the beginning, they were at the. It might have been episode five, but they did the All Star Game in '98, and it's at Madison Square Garden. I'm like, oh, of course I gotta just like. I think that was episode. They gotta five. start this night off just rubbing it in. No Knicks were in the game. <laughs> Jordan talking about, oh, I love playing at the Garden. It's the best place to play. I'm just like, come on. So, but nothing crazy. Like I think Kobe was in that episode too. So that was the Kobe episode, and then the Knicks right. were episode six, and we start we start out ninety three playoffs. And yeah, just I right. who it was that they asked. <laughs> David Aldridge, I think, is who they asked. Like, who was the biggest threat 
to those bulls in that first three-peat run. And they're like, it's, it's, oh, yeah. they're like, 100%, it's the Knicks. And in we go. And, oh, man. And, and even Jordan, I, I like that Jordan gave some kudos to the Knicks of, like, they were the team. They were the squad. They reminded them, you know, even just getting compared to the Bad Boy Pistons because of that tough team. I mean, Knicks fans have been just begging for that toughness. That's that's what we want back in New York. And these were the uh, these were the teams that made so many people Knicks fans. Like that's where it all started was those early '90s Knicks teams. You see how those guys yeah. played and how they played the Bulls, and watching yeah. their journey. That's how you beat them. They're like, okay, so that year they beat the, or it might have been '92 also though. They beat the Pistons first, and then had to go through the Bulls. So it's like, all right. What are we going to do? I think 92, they took him to seven games. 93, yep. we're in up 2-0. The year John Starks just... dunk. I remember watching that. I was yeah. at my great-grandmother's house. <laughs> yeah. Watching it on this like old like wooden TV. And we're watching yeah. it. All of us, oh, no. You know, yelling and screaming. John Starks with the dunk. And then it goes in. It, it took a weird turn after that because the whole episode then goes into Jordan's gambling. And it was yep. that series that, you know, like, yeah, he's off. He went down to Atlantic City. Knicks are up 2-0. We had the home court advantage. I think we won 60 games that year. Like, that was the year that I think they were built to win a championship. And, like, oh, Jordan goes, what, 3 for 18 or 3 for 16 or something in that game. And then game three comes. And what happens? Go down. Game four, Jordan drops like 54 points on them. And now, where are we? Game six, Charles Smith. I think we all knew what was coming. We That was that was the most heartbreaking part of the I don't whole. think anybody was emotionally ready to go back there. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I mean, we've known each other for a while. We've watched a lot of Nick games. And one thing that you are always yelling at when watching a game, and I think it all stems from that moment, is when a big man is under the hoop and you're always yelling, yo, just dunk the ball. Just go up strong and put the ball in the hoop. And I really think that is the moment. You make, you make a fair point. The flashbacks. That's probably yeah, what it is. Where you're watching and you're like, I'm almost even like, yo, call timeout. Like, if you're just going to take these little soft layups, like, every time and going back up, like... Come on, man! Like you are six foot you're, eleven, you're six foot. Just yeah, just <laughs> reach your arms up in the air and dunk the ball. Like, what are you doing? And uh, you might be right. <laughs> and even at that point, and even at yeah, and even at that point, if you get hit, you're more likely to get hit. And I get it; it's hard. You know, not everyone is like Zion or Barkley who can just you know keep going up. You're battling. It's the end of the game. You're tired. Uh, but oh god, that that was bad to watch and. I don't think any Nick fan likes Charles Smith. I think <laughs> that's just I was getting text how it is. I mean, if if he wants to be on the cast, you know, hey, happy we'll to have to talk you. to you. Sorry. Just relive it, you know. <laughs> take us through your your uh, mindset, but but Tony, I think, has been uh, scarred from that longer than me. Like ugh. he texted me a couple. He watched it a couple days later too, and he's just like, "Oh man, Charles Smith." It's like you see a Nick fan just say Charles Smith yeah, and put their head down. You know exactly what they're talking about. And it, it hurts. Yeah. And I would say my big takeaway too, is when Jordan was talking about the Knicks and that they were their toughest team to really go through and how they were a rough, hard team, really tough reminded them, as I said before of the bad boy Pistons, but he then said, but if we're playing our best and they're playing their best, he's like, I knew we were a much better team. And and that's just the truth. I mean, we can't that, deny that. that. I mean, those Bulls true, teams but... <laughs> and Jordan's dominance and you're seeing it through the documentary. And obviously it's like, you know, a little bit glorified of like how good they were because they're showing just all the accomplishments that they had with, you know, very little negative. Uh, but they, they were so good. And, and the Knicks, you look at the Knicks squad compared to them. I mean, yeah, we love Mason. We love Ewing. We love Starks. But, I mean, just Pippen and Jordan alone. And the way that team was put together. And even seeing Phil out there coaching and working that triangle. I mean, back then, too, you couldn't play zone defense. I think people don't talk about that enough. Illegal defense, man. You you had to 
play Jordan one-on-one or you got to bring that double. You can't sit back and play zone. So uh, even honestly against Jordan, I don't really think that would have mattered too much because I think they would have still found a way to score. Yeah. Like some of these buckets, man, he's just going to the hoop, staying in the air forever. Just, I mean, and then that that dude can play. And then of course you have more Charles Oakley comments coming out afterwards talking about it. I can't even. And I like Charles, you just need to, you need to stop. And I'm so mad at him. It doesn't like, it doesn't do us any good to hear this stuff. And it doesn't make you look any better. Like New York fans, we want to still love you. But when you come out saying this stuff like this, like, you know, the, like Michael Jordan, what like what did he say that the uh, the Knicks had Michael Jordan and the Bulls or the Bulls had Michael Jordan and the Knicks had someone who wasn't Michael Jordan and he just taking jabs at Ewing and yeah it's like why like why it's, I mean which right which has some truth to it yeah like no one else is Michael Jordan My, like why even say that it's like he just keeps who's going interviewing after him Ewing. Wait, where is he is he going on a tour is he writing a and, book what's going on and even you know. I think that part of what I feel like what he said was more recent and there was just piggybacking off of something else. But even now, you know, all these quotes coming out about Ewing saying he's not watching The Last Dance. (laughs) I'm not sure why this is surfacing now because this is from that Woj podcast I told you about like three weeks ago. That's what it's from. Yeah. He said it there. He's like, yeah, him and Jeff had gun. You're like, I don't need to watch it. Like we lived it. Like there's no need to rub it in my face. (laughs) Yeah, I think The Last Dance is one of the few things going on in sports right now. So because there was the Knicks episode and New York's a big market. Knicks fans still are interested in basketball. It's it's just headlines. That's all it is. And it's like, how can we and keep Ewing did about come this? out and say, you know, I'm not sure when this was, but, you know, he still says that Oakley is a great friend of his and he has no ill towards. He's taking the high road. He's not going to, yeah. you know, go down in the gutter with with uh, with Oak. And that's good for him. We're like, yeah, Oakley yeah. just needs to fall back. I gotta get it. Jordan's your boy, and he's probably just yeah. pissed off that he got traded. And he's like, oh, he could have had rings that, if he stayed with the Bulls. Yeah. And that's really all this is. Yeah, he's a competitive guy. And he doesn't like to lose, and I'm sure too. I mean, I've only seen the clips, so I'm sure it's all in context to like why they didn't win and this and that, and they're pulling things out. But he just. You know Oakley, he he's just gonna say what's on his mind. There's there's no, I don't know. It, it's it's just enough already. I just stop, please stop. But you I'm know? curious now. I mean, even like imagine Charles Oakley down there instead of Charles Smith. Oakley can barely jump, so <laughs> he wouldn't have gotten <laughs> yeah, those lifts. Yeah. But he would have thrown some elbows at least, and then and gotten got, up yeah, or something. something but. Uh. So next week, oh god, that was so se- bad. seven and eight. So I listened to um, I don't know if you ever listened to Jalen Jacoby. I'll give him a shout out. But after every episode, they have the director on there talking about each episode. Oh, and no, I listened no. to one the other that. day, and he says episodes seven and eight are when things really start vamping up and get a little more intense. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. okay. interesting. All right. Because I feel like the Knicks should get a little bit of a shout out. In the next one, because we know coming up is when Jordan retires for the first time. And right. the Knicks finally beat the, the Knicks, Bulls in 94. Yeah, I mean, finally. Give us a few They minutes. beat a version of the Bulls. Like, yeah. Because they finally get knocked off. I, I, I'd like some kudos. I don't know. I'm beating, beating a Jordanless uh Bulls, I, I, I'm not giving any kudos to any team that was able to beat the Bulls when they did I mean, they were Jordan. still good like, They were like a 50-win team. They were still good. And and that's yeah, oh, what I mean, all the soundbites you're seeing, that's, what, that's probably the best version the, of yeah. those Bulls. The pre-Dolan Knicks were all the reason that we're Nick fans today. Like, that goes without saying. Um, the 90s Knicks, man. It gets the energy. Oh, man. I remember watching that series. And, 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 and there's one game. I don't know why this always sticks in my head. But whenever we... we I forget what game it was, but it was either we were tied. Yeah, I think we were tied at the end of the game, and the Bulls had the ball. And I remember my dad saying, "Phil, just let it go to overtime." And for whatever reason, that's burned into my brain. And what happens? Tony Kukoc <laughs> hits the three to win the game, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" 
And that's oh, and I always remember him saying, "Phil, just let it go to overtime." He's just he's very calm, he's very excited. But Tony Pukoc, with that that was his his moment of glory. Yeah. But we we came back, we beat him, so so it's okay. Um, and then we know yeah, what happens that... after we beat them. But yeah, and that was the second round too. That was the conference semis, and then we went on to the the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Big win. Yeah. The, I mean. I mean the the '90s Knicks, man. It was it was it was the Jordan era. It was tough. That Knicks team was very good, very close, and they had their opportunities. And man. it's interesting I mean, that I see a lot. You see a lot of these uh, a lot of the sportscasters saying their kids are watching this, and they had never really seen Jordan play. And I'm yeah. hoping there are some Knicks fans out there with young children who are able to see glimpses. Of when the Knicks were good of, in the '90s and right. the respect that the team had, because yeah. and it, we don't have that. Like a lot I mean, of people kids ask me know. today, why are you why are you a Knicks fan? Like, why are you still? I mean, tw- the last 20 years, it's 2020, guys. We're 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 watching '90s basketball. Like we've been through a lot, <laughs> and it all goes back to growing up, watching the Knicks, watching Starks. I mean, that like you said, you remember where you were. During that Stark oh, yeah. stunk, and that's and that's what it's all about. The LJ four point play, even early two. I mean, come on, man. Like we we're gonna get back there, and when is it gonna be? It's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> I hope it's in our lifetime. But so let's get for, into it. The, the Knicks are making wait, some moves. So I just want to throw one thing out there for all okay, the people that are you know <laughs> shitting on Patrick Ewing, and there's a lot of lot of love for Ewing coming out of all this because Oakley's saying things and people are like, they will not tolerate any yeah. Ewing slander. But I saw a post yesterday that from 1988 through 2000, the Knicks with Patrick Ewing went 583 and 369. Eastern Conference team with a better bull, with a better record was the Bulls. That was the only Eastern Conference team better. Only team, yeah. And then sure. from 2000, when James Dolan took over, the 2020, oh my God. the Knicks have gone yeah. 643 and 965. Yeah. Since Ewing left. And yeah. every team in the NBA has a better record than this. <laughs> so, yeah. a little respect for Patrick Ewing and what he was able to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I. And this, and this is the thing, man. I think this is why every single Knicks fan has turned on Charles Oakley. I mean, I don't, I don't hear anybody defending Oakley right no. now. Not even a little bit, and it's God. So coming out of that, like people are taking people are taking Dolan's side over Oakley. That's how bad this is, Oakley. Like you gotta stop. I don't. I don't know what the end game is here. You're hurting your brand. Oakley sunglasses <laughs> stock is down. Okay, Oakley's car wash. Little New York, New York uh, insiders closing down. <laughs> You know about the Oakley's car wash? Is that a Long Island? Thing? No, that's like his, it's his yeah. car wash. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but great segue. Last twenty years have been terrible. A lot of Nick shakeups. Where we we talked last episode about how we wanted to put our GM hat on, but a, a, a decision has been made going into next year. Uh, I almost forgot about it with everything going on, but Perry is getting an extension. For one year, or now is it's not an extension. It's he has, what what is it exactly? Now I'm getting my stuff mixed up. He has one year left. I think it's that he on has his contract, a year, but and they're gonna stick with him an, for I the think year. There was an, it was up until like a certain point. It was up to like August or something, and they extended it a full year. Just one year. Um. I, now I, I've we've had some side chat about this, but. My initial reaction is I'm I'm not happy. I like Perry, but I think this is a thing where we're so sick and tired of the mix-ups with coaches, with players, with management, constantly changing. The only constant is Dolan. Everything else seems to change. And now you're just going to give this guy like kind of a one-year tryout when every Nick fan that I talk to we're all on the same page of that. The Knicks need to stay patient and stop and don't make any drastic moves. Or may, maybe you could, 
but we're all about youth. We have, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, about what the Knicks should do moving forward. But to me, giving this guy, in a sense, a one-year tryout seems to be kind of stupid. And if anything, is going to put pressure on him now where he feels like he has to make a big move that maybe is more about saving his job than what is good for the team long-term. And it's putting him in a really bad position. Um, and I don't know. I just, I, I give the guy three years, like make a decision. Do you want him or do you not? Like, wh- what is so, it? It just seems like a cop. out. I think, and, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm very here, here, Here's my take. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll say, I, I pulled this from, uh, I thought it. And then Alan Hahn was talking about it. And I was like, okay, maybe this makes a little bit more sense when you're looking a little deeper into it because the extension the oh, whole yes. staff would be like they're I think what they're doing is looking at it in terms of like the draft and free agency. You have a whole crew of guys that have been scouting and doing all this stuff and checking all these guys. They have a whole group together. You can't break them up right before the draft because and like pull in new guys because these are the guys that have been doing all this work the entire year, but all of their contracts are up at the end of the summer. So I think what's happening is they're going to let them run through the draft and through free agency, or at least through the draft. Then maybe you'll see an actual shakeup because you can't like dump everybody and then want to go through the draft and pick up guys who nobody's been scouting, nobody's been looking. That's all these guys do is on Perry's staff. That's all they've been doing is preparing for this stuff. So you kind of got to let them, let him do it. But to your point, it's like, uh, I don't know. Sure. So, so, and that, okay. So then that even to me, then why didn't you get rid of Perry earlier when you got rid of Mills and start to bring in a new, a new regime or start building that? Cause the thing that I struggle with is now you're doing the same thing that we've been struggling with, where we're going to, let these guys bring in this young talent. And honestly, it kind of sounds like to me, they're going to make a move that they're going to mix this thing up because if you're not going to extend this group and you don't like them, like what are they going to do during the draft? That's going to be so amazing or make a trade. That's going to wow them so much that they're going to keep these guys. Like, I just feel like eventually they're going to mix things up. And now you're going to have a guy like RJ and Mitch and your Frank and your Knox to see new people coming again, new coach coming again. Um, and it's, it's a mess. It's like, there's no, there's no stability We're we're always talking about structure and stability. And at some point we got to roll with something and even like fake it and give them a two year, give them that extra year. It's, it's just this one year thing. Just it's, you know, everybody's on edge. And now that whole staff, when they're drafting, they're all doing it for their job. And it just, it, but maybe, it maybe there's some it, it, other it reason seem behind like it's gonna why they're doing it. And maybe, maybe Perry does stay on anyway, even if they bring in a new GM, he stays on in a, another capacity. I don't know what else he'd be doing, but so that he's still there yeah, and his I, people are still there or he brings in somebody else that can help out. I don't know. Or he just stays on as the GM. So, let me, let me, and, and we're going to get into some trade talk here, but who are the guys that Perry drafted? Kevin Knox. Right. Mitchell Robinson. Correct. RJ Barrett. And. Iggy. Okay. Let's just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. When we're going to, in a minute, we're going to talk about kind of these trade rumors that we've been hearing. And we're, we've been talking a lot too about. We love Mitchell Robinson. We really like RJ Barrett. Knox, we're a little iffy about. We like Frank. Like, those four guys are like the guys that we like. And for the Knicks in the future. We want to see Mitch in that Nick uniform forever. RJ, we're going to have some discussions because I think overall we want to see this guy grow. I mean, the fact that he was able to do this season what he did in 19 was pretty incredible. So... Why wouldn't you just keep this guy? Like we like the picks that he's making. You you want Iggy more playing time. We we love the way this guy is drafting, and w- so 
let's go. This is the team that we're trying to build. Like, what is it that you're not feeling comfortable about? Oh, let's bring in another GM. And now these guys that were brought in by Perry and trying to bring, build this culture. Now we're going to bring in a new guy who wants to do something else. He's not really into RJ that much. He thinks Mitch Robbins overrated. Like we already know Perry likes these guys. These are his guys. This is the Knicks team that we want to see for the future. And I don't want, you think we would learn our lesson from KP and just all the shakeups that are, that are happening. Um, I think this is the first step in bad management. Um, and I, I just think, I think these Knicks problems are just going to keep, I hate, I, but again, I mean, I'm kind of the negative again, guy. I always get the negative outlook. If he's going to be gone. He could st- he could still be there. There, that, there could be but, a reason that it was only. But that's one year. my point. Like there could be. But that's my point. We don't know, and I'm so sick of the uncertainty. I don't want this. We don't know. I want let. I want to pick something and let's let's go. I mean, we a year ago, we thought Fisdale was going to be the coach for a while. At the beginning of this season, we never thought Fisdale was going to get fired. We thought there was no way. We thought we were going with the Fizz train, the Perry train. We were all kind of hoping Mills would kind of just get the hell out of there. And we were kind of happy about that. Okay, let's go. Let's let Perry go. You know, and we, we said it was a bad idea to fire Fizdale. Um, you know, I, it's just, I, I want structure, man. I want, I want some structure and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced. I and I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what Han was saying. So it's it's but... like okay. So I think what it is is that there was an option on his contract, and they picked it up for a year. So it was like a mutual. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It's like a mutual option. Yeah. Which you never hear about, but I guess that's just front office stuff. Yeah. So they both agreed sure. to a one year to pick it up for a year. So it's like his actual contract is running out. I... Right. So we'll see. So that's yeah, why just, maybe there just, won't be any shakeups this year. Because they right. want to just let the course run on this current regime and see what happens. And, and that's, I get that. that's Leon, I think, hedging his bets a little I, bit. Exactly. And exactly. It's like still no one knows what they want to do and how they want to move forward. I just thought this would have been a really good opportunity to show that, okay, we got rid of Mills. You know, we got rid of the coach. But next year, we're going to bring in a new coach. We're keeping Perry. This guy drafted your favorite Knicks. These are the guys that we like. These are the young guys we like. And we there is part of this organization that we're keeping consistency. We want to show the players that even though we had to make a coaching change, like we still have a vision and we have a path. And just kind of like you just said, it, it looks like you're hedging your bets. And Leon's not even coming out, giving a, giving a press conference. He's sending emails <laughs> to people that, that he's the, the, this new guy and the branding experts screwing up. I just, it's, it stinks. Um, but we got to just, right. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm get hoping the, for the best, you know, okay. new haircut. I'm feeling good. Feeling positive. Yeah. So, so either way though, with this whole flexibility, I think the Knicks are leaving themselves flexible. This goes right into we're hearing tons of trade rumors, tons of trade rumors. So I do like that the Knicks have put themselves in a position with young talent, with a lot of first round picks, with a lot of picks that they're going to get in in this draft. We got a first rounder. We don't know where it's going to be yet. Um, We have two first round picks, correct? Uh, So we there Knicks have flexibility and we can make some moves. want to kick it to you to talk about some of the trades that we've been hearing because i mean bleacher report i don't know what they're Bleacher's, smoking over there I, but. I, i'm losing respect for bleacher <laughs> and i don't know if it's that you know people just want to make headlines about the knicks fans. and just yeah. say things just for yeah. the hell of it but <laughs> just because it's easy but um they let, let, yeah let's run through some of the things they we're, post we're they posted five um, trade packages that could land the knicks okay. a star and yeah, their definition of a star too is a little. I'm gonna hold off on one because <laughs> it's the one I actually like, and we had talked about it. And okay, so this one they just someone on Instagram has been posting all of these, but they haven't done them all yet. So I'm just gonna yeah. run through them. First one: the Knicks receive Terry Rozier 
from the Hornets oh, I forgot about for him. Frank, Taj Gibson, and no. Eddie. I mean, that's just that's a head scratcher. Like I think every Nick fan. Why? Like, why? Why you would know, I? And why would I do one, that? They could have signed him in free agency if they wanted him, but and he thought yeah. he was going there, but then something happened and yeah. they didn't do it. So, and I also want to say, in the history of trades and I don't have the data in front of me, but any time a team makes a big trade to try to get someone else's backup point guard that showed flashes of that they're pretty good, it never works out. Talk to the Pistons about Reggie Jackson. (laughs) Every Pistons fan will tell you that that was a miserable trade, Um, and they ended up having to get rid of Reggie Jackson for basically And Rozier's their starter now, right? Because they don't have have Kemba anymore. They they traded Kemba for him pretty much. MJ, you're a great player. I don't want any. I don't want to be trading for any uh, Charlotte Hornets. Thank you. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. So that deal next makes no sense. Like we, we're not. We're no not sense. doing that. Quack, 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 quack. And and New York is falling in love with Frank. I mean, I'm, I I know you. I see. I, I see you. I see you blushing over there. Yeah. I mean, happening. as far as it's you know, an upside, yeah, I'm leaving there. You know. You know me. I'm I'm coming on board. Yeah. You saw that defense. You I saw, might be in the back of the train, but I'm, quickness. I'm, I'm on there. I'm creeping up. Yeah. He's he's a, uh, if anything, you're going to sell. If you're going to sell Frank now, you better get a little bit more in return because I think people got their eyes on him right now. So and that's like, the doctor, anyway. you know, uh, who else? Are they, like, do they have, what's that guy's name? From uh, Monk. Malik, Malik Monk? Monk. Yeah. A guy they we could have drafted. drafted. Yeah, I think that was the Frank yeah. draft though, right? Uh, no, that was the, I think that was the year after. No. Was that the, f- it might, it maybe might it might've been. been. No. That long ago? It was either Frank or, or Knox. I don't remember. But. No, it wasn't Knox. I think it was, I think it was Frank. Yeah. Cause it was Frank DSJ and then Monk. I think we, we could have had him, but he's already fallen off because he's too small. And that was the, that was the thing with him coming out of college. He was too small to be a two guard. Sure. Yeah. Just because you didn't draft a guy, don't go back and make trades to try to get the guy that you would have drafted. Like, just and you Rozier, on, guys. he had a good run in Boston. No, I'm not. I'm not giving up Iggy for. He's a good free agent pickup if he's around, but he's not. A, I don't want to give up young pieces to to get a, another young piece. Um, and I, yes, I I know we need guards and ball handlers, but um, I think as Nick fans too, we like Alfred Payton. Um, as well too like I, I just it doesn't <sighs> and he's okay not, he's not your he's not a prototypical point guard either he's a little, he's right. a little heavy he's a little you know Antoine Walker-ish for me he just looks a little the the Celtics who are a good franchise and a really good team let him go you know like pay attention <laughs> guys pay attention okay, okay. Next so one. the next one this one I saw yesterday too that you sent me. So, <laughs> I'm so fired the Knicks, up, man. <laughs> so the Knicks give up Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson for Blake Griffin to the Pistons. What? So, why? This is this is I I gotta say this is one where I'm intrigued a little bit. I I don't think those players are right, but if you can sneak away Blake Griffin on the cheap. And first of all, why is Randall not say, included in that? The trade? only way that, that that would make that, that more sense Bleacher, to me what are you is doing? if you give up yeah. Julius Randall. And I think giving up, salary-wise, that's yeah. what you'd have giving to do. Giving up Alfred anyway. Payton. Exactly. And giving up Alfred Payton in the trade, no. Like, I, I just don't want to do that. But the whole Blake Griffin thing, I'm, I'm not as opposed to, depending what you give up. As long as I don't... As long as I'm not giving up R.J. Frank... Um, or, or Mitch. Um, and really, I mean, I don't really want to give up Knox, but if you could somehow move Randall and put together some kind of, I don't know, give a second rounder a couple years in advance. I don't know. Blake Griffin. I mean, Blake's, that Blake's could be kind of 31. fun. He's coming off a couple of injuries. I mean, you, I don't know how much Pistons basketball you watch, but you have a better he, look at it than I do out there. Yeah. I, I mean, my thing with Blake Griffin, I mean, he's been, he's had injuries. It's been a real problem, but Blake Griffin is a, he's a really good player. And to swap him out for Randall, 
Sure. I mean, we. I'm just. I'm over Randall. I really am. And I'll root if he's a Nick. You know, for for a little bit, whatever. But I think. Uh, I don't know. Blake played a lot of his career with a DeAndre Jordan. You know, I think you talk. People talk about Chris Paul coming to the team to help with the locker room. I think Blake Griffin still. We're still growing young guys. As long as we don't screw that up and can make a trade where we're not, you know, compromising that. I'm open to it. In this case, you're you're keeping your young core. You're giving up. Again, probably giving up Peyton is to assume that they would sign like a Chris Paul or something that they or in the draft that they'd get a, a point guard. So you're giving up those two guys, but you're keeping your under 25s. And you bring in yeah. um, a Blake Griffin. May, I mean, I personally, I agree that I would prefer him over Randall. And Blake's developed a jumper. Like he could stretch the floor. He's not yeah. going to try to handle the He's, ball himself. Like he knows his limitations. Like he what, can. But. He, he did a lot of that in Detroit. I, I have to say that was a little concerning. A lot of bringing up the ball. But, um, but watching Blake Griffin is a much better basketball player oh, than absolutely. Julius Randall. Like, it's not even close. Like, we forget he's injured all the time. He went to Detroit. No one's paying attention. But he has improved his game. Um, and if he's healthy and those knees are good, as as we said, as long as you're not breaking up what you're still trying to do as a as a organization and the team moving forward, it's not – some of the other it's, trades it's that you're probably going to go through that I've seen are, are – yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm open. To, I'm going to leave it as a I'm, – I'm listening. Okay, so the next one. We'll keep it with the. We'll keep it in the Midwest. Okay, sure, sure. You got. Oh, is this? I think I know. You by your face, I can tell. You got Julius. This is a big one. Julius Randle, Frank, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, and Dallas's twenty twenty one first round pick for Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. You tell me what sense in the world does that trade make? Um, I don't. I don't even know where to begin like, with this one. This? Like, like <laughs> most of the honestly, giving up all those pieces, I don't mind. Minus obviously the Frank and the first round pick, but like you kind of listen. You're like, ooh, what are we gonna get for all that? And you're like, Kevin Love and Andre. Like what? We'll have the biggest team. Uh, I don't know, just having like Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Mitch Robinson. Again, why? Who's who's looking for this? I don't. I, I don't even. There, know. I remember I don't there being know some say. some uh, whispers about a Kevin Love trade a while yeah. back, and I just like he still has and, this ridiculous well, contract, so nobody's gonna want to take him. Yeah. Drummond has a huge contract too. And yeah, like, they signed Drummond even, to this ridiculous contract. Cleveland's not known for making good deals, so yeah, we're. This is the other thing too. Like we're thinking about it from a Knicks perspective. Even if I'm the Cavs, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> who? Who is this? <laughs> Perry? This can't be you. Like Leon? No. Like I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Speechless. So that I mean that trade makes no sense. Are we just gonna ignore I, it? Yeah, I think we should just, just like just keep keep scrolling. Yeah, through that one. Let's let's. And going. then, so this is the one everyone's been talking about is, and I don't even know that you have to make a trade, but Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, and Reggie Bullock for Chris Paul. So who who are the guys Bobby again? Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, Reggie Bullock. Yeah. This to me is another trade where I'm like, OKC is never gonna do that. Who? Why? Why would they do that? Hey, here's four guys on the Knicks that we don't want. Um, can we get like your best player? You, <laughs> like, you don't know, but like, Wayne Ellington no. is gonna change your entire team. You gotta take. It. You gotta take. It. Um, I, and I don't know if anyone's paying attention, but OKC is a playoff team in the West, and they've been doing yeah. really well. Um, so that's that's. That's why no. I think, like, all this talk about training for Chris Paul, like, the the Thunder have no reason to do it. Right. So that's why I'm wondering where all this talk about you, training for Chris Paul is coming from. Because yeah. OKC doesn't have to do it. I mean, maybe if they want to just unload yeah. his contract, but... 
and I've seen some other trade offers, uh, some rumors where we would be giving up Frank or we'd even be giving up Mitch in a couple scenarios. And that's where Nick fans were flipping out. I was getting texts from people like, yo, if we trade for like Mitch Robinson or anyone for Chris Paul, like I'm not a Nick and fan. And that's anymore. the only like, way. Th- that makes a 36 year old point guard for a uh, bottom three team in the East. It just makes zero. And that's, sense. that's the only way that OKC makes that deal is if they're getting two young guys. And that's like restarting. Yeah. And they're going to do a much better job of that because they're OKC, bi- yeah. we've seen, they pick well and they develop the team well. So, and they make good trades. So they, they, get, they yep. get good things back in return. So Very good organization, right. And anyone in their right mind that thinks that Chris Paul wants to play for the Knicks, like, dude, when are we going to get – have we not learned our lesson in the last 20 years? Like – he does not want to play for the Knicks. He's a 36-year-old, probably would like a title, or he wants to compete. He does not want to play for the New and, York Knicks. And then that talk of, you know, if you bring him in, do you bring Melo back too? And you got those it's two guys like... that can help. Because the, 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 the main reason for bringing him in, according to everybody, is that he's going to help them develop a winning culture. And that's what they want, is they want to help these young guys figure out how to win and learn how to win. And... Is he really like players hate playing with Chris Paul too? Like there, he's had a lot of issues with with like teammates. He's hard on his teammates. Chris Paul. He's a very emotional guy. Yeah, he likes to, he's yelling and screaming at everybody. You see him doing it in games, which I kind of like, but it rubs a lot of people sure. the wrong way. It it, it just and I don't know uh-huh. how much. And then all the, oh yo, he has a relationship with Leon Rose. I'm like, dude, hard to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. There's a lot of players that have a relationship with Leon Rose. Got it. So yeah, um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know why this nope. is a thing. Scrap it, scrap it. But we have one more. On to the next one. And you brought this up last week, and yeah. I think it's a great idea. Maybe not actually in a, this there, form. But I think that this trade I, I think, is one that they should look yes, heavily into. That we should look at, yeah. There's actually two more. I know that maybe one's not on your list. I don't know if it came from – you sent me a an IG post of another trade that we talked about months ago that we should have our eyes on. But that could be more of a free agent okay. thing. So, but go, go ahead. So this ahead. last one is a Knicks Bulls <laughs> trade <laughs> yep. where we give up Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith, Taj Gibson – a 2020 the Clippers 2020 first round pick and a 2020 second round pick for Zach Levine and I'm not sure I love this construction of it but making a deal to get Zach Levine I think would be a great trade I agree I couldn't agree more I think that structure Bleacher Report has to work on like what I don't know we where they're coming up and, with and figure out you know, yeah, like who's doing what and where we can make some, some maybe money. they figure out just how the money works and um I don't know, but I agree. I think that eyeing a guy like Zach Levine and uh we've talked about marketing as well with the Bulls, um, and they're having kind of some issues over there. Zach Levine seems to be a, a little annoyed. Um I think there's a potential to make something work. Uh, it just seems right. I think Zach Levine is young. He could be a potential good fit. Um, you know, we do have a lot of, you know, with RJ and Frank, this kind of three, two combo. There's a lot. That's why I think giving up, you know, I'd hate to see Knox go, but I mean, I was even toying with the idea. Like, would you, here's like a, here's a trade. Would you give up? RJ, yeah, okay. RJ, let's say Knox. Well, let's say RJ, Randall, and Knox. It's pretty big. And a first rounder, a future first rounder down the road for something like Markinen and Zach Levine. Like, just think just think about that for a second. Like, we're giving up. I said a lot of names. You're kind of giving up a lot. I mean, Randall, we don't care, right? Marketing slides right into that Randall spot. 
and you're giving up RJ, who's young and has like you know a future, but you're you're bringing in Zach Levine to fill that hole right away too. And Knox, you know, I don't think anyone. I, I think he could be a good player, but um, and just think about that construct right right away of you know Zach, Frank, Mitch, Markinen, Alfred Payton starting lineup going into next year. Young guys, young team. We still have our first round pick who we're gonna pick this year. It just it just make, it's, it's, it makes I'm you think like all thinking. of a sudden it's interesting. You, yeah. I, I just I it, mean it just, you know me. I don't want to give up RJ so fast. Same. I don't me. either. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I mean Zach Levine, like he's good, he's flashy, he's a little bit of a hot dog out there and a volume shooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yep. He, I, and watching him in some games, it looks like, you know, he wants to be the man on the team. Sure. And he's got those skills. He's got that potential. But he's another one who has to have the ball in his hands a lot. And so yep. maybe, I mean, you'd have to, like, RJ plays, you know, I feel like he would, I, I want him to have the ball in his hands more. But if you get rid of him, yeah. maybe, I mean... I and and I and even bringing that up, I think that could upset a lot of Nick fans. The fact that I'm even talking about getting rid of RJ, like why would you get rid of RJ to bring in Zach Levine? You know, and in this case, I brought up the marketing uh, thing too. I I personally more than Zach Levine, I would love to somehow get get my eyes on marketing and giving up Rand, like doing a Randall marketing swap. I've talked about how I I really think the Knicks need to look at getting a a guy who plays the four. Um, who can stretch the floor that complements Mitch Robinson. Like to me, Mitch Robinson is our best player. And I want a guy who's going to compliment him a lot. And I love the way RJ and Mitch are kind of clicking a little bit. RJ is a very high Q basketball guy. And so for the Knicks future to see those two guys grow, I, I really like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy with that, but at the same time, I don't know the the this, this Zach Levine thing. Market, maybe I, I just there's something like we both have to we're both kind of interested because marketing, like we've said, he's going to be a free agent. You could sign him True. outright, or do the Bulls a favor yeah. and be like, okay, we'll give you Julius Randle too, and you give us marketing yeah. and whoever to make the to make the trade work. And I think that's an interest that's an interesting team, and then you don't have to give up as much. Maybe Knox is the one that. Yeah. You give up, if anybody. Yeah. But then I think we got to look at the contract of that team because, like you're saying, position wise, it might be. Yeah. And like Levine can play, he can play the two, the three, but he's also he he likes to bring the ball up. He's a catch. And, and I guy. feel comfortable with him bringing the ball up. He's got he's got good handle. Yeah. He's um, more, I think he needs to more comfortable game with him bit. bringing the ball up than Julius Randle. So, but then you have guys, you know, RJ <laughs> yeah. can do it, but I don't think he should. And then you have like your your Agreed. Franks and a couple guys that can handle the ball. And yeah. I think what is it? Let me see this. Let me see this. Okay, you so, know, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Dennis yeah. Smith was and included in here, there. And who knows? Maybe he turns right. into something in Chicago. No, I dude, good race, Good luck. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't deal with Dennis Smith. Uh, I, I hope we can move him for something. But I, I think at the end of the day. We see that there's a potential opportunity to get a guy like Zach Levine without having to give up too much. And I and I think you got to just look at those opportunities. He and he's young, and it's it kind of fits just this need that the Knicks have. Um, like a, a shooter, I think, you know, too. we have we don't have speed, athleticism. We don't have yeah. like a, a knockdown, and he's not like he's a kind of a streaky shooter. Reminds me a little bit of like a J.R. Smith type of type of guy, but he yeah, can sure. drop fifty in a game. If he needed to, he can get to yeah. the basket. He can, he attacks the rim. And I'd love, I got to say, just imagining a team with Zach Levine and Mitch, just the, the, the amount of dunks and like just the, the overall excitement. Um, but yeah, if, if we can get Zach Levine and have to give up Knox and I, here's, here's what I would say of those four guys that we talk about, I'd rank them Mitch RJ Frank is almost like a tie for me. And then Knox of like your order of importance of our, our youth and like want to get rid of them. I, for me, Mitch is untouchable. I, I am not touching Mitch. RJ and Frank are, for me, 
honestly, I'm very close to untouchable, but I think if the trade is juicy enough, I could potentially walk away from one of them because in a sense, they almost play kind of the same position. So when you're constructing a team, I, I could see if you give me enough in a trade, maybe I can walk away from one or the other. Um, I think the one that they would maybe, walk away from. But it has to I be think enough. they would let Frank go before RJ. And if, I think so too. say, RJ develops Which, into a better uh, defender, tough. like he's got the body it, to really play. And right. you watch him offensively. I was watching some highlights just like of him down the stretch. He's got those tools and he's only a rookie. You give yeah. him this offseason to just develop a jump shot, like a consistent jump shot. I yeah. think he's going to turn into something really, really good. And yeah, I and I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think Frank just might be a harder guy to replace. And I'm not saying he's necessarily better than RJ, but his skill set of being so long and at the end of the game being able to D up Russell Westbrook and, you know, or whatever guy you need him to guard versus getting another guy who can get you some buckets and, you know, throw alley-oops to, to Mitch. I just think maybe it's harder to replace a guy like Frank. So I've seen a lot of trade scenarios where it's hard for me to get rid of Frank sometimes a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that he's better than RJ. It's tough. It's it's tough, but it's it's all it's all it all depends. It all depends on what you're getting back. A lot of moving parts. Well, I think um, I think this Zach Levine trade is the one of all the ones yeah. we've listed. I think that's the one to look at. I agree. and it makes the most sense. Um, and I think the Blake one is a little sneaky. Blake sneaky, and there was a rumor about a Brandon Ingram, uh, the Knicks going after him. Uh, which I do still like. I'm still pretty it into was, that. Uh, now I remember um, sanity. It was uh it was a uh, the Knicks are planning to make a run, like to make him a a, a huge offer in free agency. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, and we had talked and like you said, we had talked about that a few months back about how that would be yeah. obviously a great a great move to make. I'd be okay with that. And you forget that he's he's a restricted free agent. Which I hate and think it's stupid, but yeah, the 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 Pelicans have a lot of young guys, and they're all kind of in line with each other in terms of their contracts. Yeah. So they can't keep all of them. If I mean, if they want to keep all of them, they got to ditch. They got to ditch a lot of people. No, they got to make some decisions. So they have yeah. almost too many, too many guys, and yeah. they got to make a move. So, and. And with the Knicks right now, I mean, I and I think the way the league is going, I just think the Knicks need, and I talk about this all the time, ball. F- I don't even want to say point guard necessarily, but we just need guys who know how to handle the ball. And we talk about we hate seeing Randall bring up the ball, and we'd feel more confident with a guy like Levine. So when it comes to the draft, and we'll, I'm down the line, I'm sure we're going to do some more draft episodes, but. I'm a big ball, big ball of brand, man. I'm a big fan of LaMelo. I'm a big fan of Lonzo. I like guys like that. That's why you saw the Knicks, you know, with Alfred Payton on the floor, how the Knicks stats just skyrocket up. I mean, they go from like last in the league to like middle of the pack of just, they become such a better team because guys like RJ and Frank and our, our guards, you know, Dotson, they're just Alonzo Trier. We tried him at point guard. They're just, they're not. They don't get that offense running. There are pieces in the offense. So we need to start, as Nick fans, looking at guys who can keep that ball moving and run an offense. It's just, it's a different league. You know, we're not running the triangle here. Uh, so the, the, the Knicks got to look at that more, not just, oh, we need a point guard. Like a little guy who can, you know, bring the ball. It's, it's got to be more than that. So, like, that's why Terry Rozier, like, no, 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 stop. Stop it. Knock it off. <laughs> Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Are you nuts? Like I, I that's the, that's the craziest thing. Um, who? All right. I, I like that. I mean, you know, we're on the same page uh, on, on certain things, you know, we, Perry thing, not so much uh, as far as the Knicks future. I think us and every Nick fan, man, we, we all kind of, 
Is there a way we, we can like let the fans like become the, the GM? I'm saying you know, I want like, to have a town hall meeting with uh, with Leon. Just, let, let's all <laughs> yeah. just talk to him and let the community run run the Knicks organization for a little bit. Um, whew, man, it's a lot of basketball. We've been been going hard uh, quite a bit. I wanted to talk. Can we talk a little bit of football? We we yeah. The last cast we did was before the NFL draft. Jets Giants. Um, the schedules were just released. Let me ask you first, how'd you feel about the draft? Felt good Giants draft. A lot of Giants fans were pretty, pretty happy. It was kind of boring. A lot of offensive linemen. Uh, you got the safety McKinney at Alabama. I think Giant fans were really excited about, um, it seemed like a boring draft for the Giants, but yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be boring. We had what uh fourth pick, you know, we didn't need, we don't need the quarterback. We don't need the running back. Right. We don't need the receivers. I mean, we could use receivers, a couple of receivers. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you know, it wasn't anything, nothing flashy. People, like, initially people were like, ah, oh, what's Gettleman doing? But, you know, they essentially were just building an offensive line again, even though they got to work on the defense too. But maybe defense comes in, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got a couple guys in free agency. Maybe Clowney's still he's still out there waiting to get picked up. Ooh, I know man. you'd love that. I'm hoping the Jets get a yeah, South Carolina alum, man. But yeah, it's great player. We'll see. I still I think there's still a team that's they're gonna win a few games. Looking at uh the schedule. Their schedule's not that tough. It's not that bad. It's, it's not, not that good. great. <laughs> um but it's it's not it gets tough. It gets pretty tough. I mean, tough. I'm looking uh, uh it's. I mean, you got Niners, Ravens, Seahawks. I mean, you, you gotta got play the Steelers, the you Cowboys got the Rams, twice. you got the Niners, you got the Bucks. Got to pay the Eagles <laughs> twice. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, Seahawks. It's not great. Ravens. It's not easy. Yeah, your your last the Knicks the Knicks the Giants last. I mean, out of the eight games, if you guys win two out of the last eight, I think that would be would be good. Um, but you know what, Giants. They're good at this where if I'm a Giant fan, I want to have a bad season. I want to win one, two games, and I want to get first pick and just and then make that jump next year. Give, give you guys yourself one more bad year. I, I still – I'm not that sold on the quarterback. I'm yeah, still, you know, whatever. We'll see. That's, that's just me. We'll see. Daniel Jones, maybe. What do I know? Um, Giants somehow always seem to figure it out. So, hope. You know, worst case, like he'll get hurt, and then your guys' backup will be amazing, and you'll be fine. Somehow the Giants always Dude, figure they it si- out. They so sign somebody sh- as their yeah. You with with a team with a good offensive line and Saquon Barkley, um, and you know you guys got some decent receivers. A lot of middle of the road yeah, quarterbacks. They signed Colt McCoy can play. Oh, there you go. I mean, okay. <laughs> you you guys have a have a system in place where even middle of the road you know, quarterbacks can play in that system. Maybe you guys sign Andy Dalton next year if you really need. Who, and it's a, who a new coach, so um, we got to see how he's going to actually run all this stuff. So, yeah. Um, so you you guys got a good base. I'm uh, interested. You know, as, as far – yeah. On the Jets' side, I'm very happy with the draft. I personally wanted them to draft a, a wide receiver with that first pick. Uh, they would have had any – the best guys they wanted – they picked a guy with their second pick, Mims, who everybody really likes and a lot of people think is a steal. And we took a really – the biggest offensive lineman in the front. Um, I just – we never draft wide receivers. And while I think this guy, Mims, is going to be – sure, he's going to be good. I would have – call me crazy, but I kind of would have still loved to see us uh, draft a wide receiver up front. Um, but down the line, yeah, the, the running back out of Florida, Perrine, uh, safety, David. I mean, it was just a lot of good picks all the way around. I think the Jets' schedule is brutal. Uh, I didn't pull theirs up, so, like, what are they? I mean, you, just within the division, somehow I just Same feel like the, the Patriots Pats are going to somehow win games. <laughs> um, you know, the Bills are coming up. We got Cardinals. We got We got the... The Rams also, uh, KC, Denver. Um, I mean, actually looking at Seattle, it's it's not great. It it just seems somehow it seems like a, an eight and eight type season. You know, I, I'd love to see them overachieve. 
Uh, I just think that the the Jets offense, people don't realize, like, we just drafted a rookie, but when you look at the Jets receivers, Jamison Crowder is, like, the only guy who knows how to get separation. Um, And Sam Darnold, I just thought it would have been so cool to draft a wide, you know, one of these guys, uh, Judy or Lamb or whatever, with our first pick, and then down the road draft another wide receiver. Um, This wide receiver class is just so good. We could have had some some real weapons for Darnold for for the rest of his career, um, and offensive linemen. Yeah, could have taken one with the second pick. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But everyone seems to be happy. I think when you look at it in paper, I'm pretty excited. Uh, let's hope we have an NFL a season. Um, yeah, it's just you know what it is when when it comes to the Jets. You can look at the schedule. You can look at the players and and do all this analysis, but. When the Jets play, you you throw that all out the window, and your your starting quarterback gets mono, and he's out for for five weeks. Uh, nothing matters. It's just what are you gonna do? <laughs> what, are you, what can you do? It's like uh, um, it's, it's it's like the Knicks too. It's funny. I was looking at somebody posted um, like if you're a real New Yorker, these are the teams you root for, and it was the Knicks, the Jets the Yankees and the Rangers. I was like, Oh, those are all uh, mine. Yeah. yeah. They always leave the Giants. That's, and that's, and I, although a lot of people would argue that the Mets, you would, it would be the Mets instead of the Yankees. But for like those like old time New Yorkers that live out in Bensonhurst. Yeah. The, the Mets were really for, is for Long Island fans. I would say Mets is like very, very Long Island. So many Mets fans, but there's all, I mean, but the Yankees are the Yankees. Like, you know, my parents tried to make me a Mets fan, and that was my first like baseball it. game. Was a Mets um, game? Yeah, the big app, the the apple in the in the outfield that goes up when they know home run was like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but you you just I me- I still remember the first time I went to Yankee Stadium. It was just like, yeah, I I want to do this <laughs> instead. Um, and that was even when they, that was before Jeter. Like they were not good. D- Donnie Baseball. Mattingly, I mean, they were they were pretty bad. You know, it's funny. Uh, but it's I just... was watching uh, Seinfeld episode the other day. The opposite was on, and <laughs> oh, like I wonder. God. It's funny, like when when George is screaming at Steinbrenner. It's like exactly what you would want to say to James Dolan, if uh, if you had the opportunity. <laughs> I was like, this is this is That's perfect. Like, why is awesome. nobody posted this? It's like you took our beloved Yankees and turned into a laughing stock, <laughs> all for the glorification of your massive ego. Like it's the okay. exact same thing you would say to James Dolan. Need to put that up on Twitter, uh, and of course, before I forget, follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Follow myself at Jason Talbot, or my man at M Chinqui. Dogs barking. He doesn't have a Twitter handle, and you can follow us on Instagram at. at Let's under talk, under talk. God, I knew, I, you know, I, I knew I was going to screw it up. Let's underscore talk, underscore Knicks. Oh man. That, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to write it down. <laughs> so I, can look. I remember the first time I did it. I did it so well. Maybe, maybe I'll change the I handle. Your to face. Let's, like, wow. let's under talk Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby. Um, we are over an hour on this podcast. Those, those trades, uh, I'm and I want to apologize that I I threatened the trade R.J. Barrett. I I wanted to bring it up because it was just it's not necessarily I would pull the trigger, but I just wanted to put the thought in your head, your head, just to make you think a little bit of like, wow, could there could there be a trade that I would be willing to to part ways with him? But uh, I don't know what it is, but lately I've been really liking R.J. Moore. Uh, with the time off, I've had some more time. Watch, to watch some of those highlights. He's, like he's got game. Yeah, yeah. I like I like his IQ more than anything. He's just a smart. He's a smart guy. He he reminds me of like a like John Sally and Eddie. Like he could be that guy. You know, I love John Sally. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Those old leg, those legs. Uh, what did she say to him? Those legs still got some miles on them. Those knee pads. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, before we go, is there anything else on your mind that you would like to, to talk <laughs> uh, about? I had a random uh, post today. You know how Facebook does those remember this post from however many years ago? 
And mm-hmm. this one from <laughs> 11 years ago, okay. <laughs> which is crazy to think that it's been 11 years. 2000. It was a photo okay. of you and I oh, no. in Atlanta oh, God. with Anoop Desai. <laughs> <laughs> American Idol throwback, Mo's and, and Joe's. I remember oh, that night. It was. It's just too funny. <laughs> I think it was you had texted me. I was on my way there. And you were like, Dude, you'll never believe who's who's here. <laughs> For those that don't know, Guy could we sing. go back. We watched yeah. a lot of American Idol in our day. And yeah. big fans. Oh. Pre, uh, pre-quarantine, pre-2010. And Anoop <laughs> was that he was friends with this guy that was at the circus. And he's hanging out at Mosa Joe's. And we got this photo with him. And I'm sure he was surprised that we even knew who he was, but we'll give yeah. him a shout out because he's uh, maybe a friend of the podcast. So I'll tag him in this. It was just funny yeah, to see. Please <laughs> do. He he was a great singer, uh, and it got him far on the show. He wasn't exactly the coolest guy, and I think the the overall charisma wasn't really there. But dude, we had we were we were a Nuke yeah, the fans. The same we were a little starstruck. The girl who sang Rock and Robin. That made the bird oh, wow. sound. <laughs> Megan Joy. Megan, Megan Joy. Joy. Yeah. Still remember. It was a good, crazy season. Kaka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Crazy. Oh, that man. idol is wow. actually still going on now. They're doing like the live shows yeah. over, like in quarantine. Like they set it up. It's yep. pretty good how they set it up. I'm surprised. I don't watch it. I watched a couple. I watched a little bit before uh, the last dance comes on, but I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's pretty impressive that they set it up as well as they did." But yeah, there were some good, uh, some good uh, idol times back then. Who's the kid? Who's the Indian kid with the hair? Every head he's like, and uh, he's like saying, "Beat it one week or something." I can't remember his name, but he was known for the hair. I can't remember. And he did some ridiculous mohawk thing with his hair, and that was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so good man 11 years ago just, uh, just young boys back then yeah oh man well on that note <laughs> that that's wonderful anoop i hope you're listening uh shout out this is hey episode 37 a lot of news Sanjaya. Um, well <laughs> Sanjaya. well oh my god well, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be new news, new news. There'll be more news. Who knows? I, I These times, anything can happen. Always a pleasure. Marcus Chinqui. Just good stuff. Good, good, good cast. It's good to be back. Episode 37 in the books. We will talk to you next time.